Hello, I'm Brian, and I'm a designer. And I'm Joe, and I'm a designer. Today we're going to be talking about how deep does design go? Is scheduling a calendar design? Is making a seating chart design? We'll talk about it. Hey there. Welcome back to the podcast. Brian, how are you? Good. How are you, Jeff? I'm well. We are so excited today to have a guest. Yes. We've mentioned him on every single episode, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's, it's just time to bring the man out of the shadows. The man, the legend, Jay Feinberg. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, designers. <laughs> uh, Jay, why don't you just give a little brief uh, description about, about who you are and what you do? Give us, give us the elevator pitch. I'm a designer, and that's the word that fits for what I do these days. Sure, yeah. Um, but I was mostly a misfit, oddball person working with computers, um, and thus the title information architect that I know you guys labeled on me on an earlier <laughs> podcast, which I was actually— Sorry about that. I, I, I like that title. I, it, uh, I liked its oddness in its day. Yeah. Um, but now just the UX designer umbrella is large enough that I fit under there. Yeah. It's nice. We're all a nice collection of misfits. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I design—these days I design uh, enterprise software. So I, I think that this episode kind of came out of um, a conversation that we were having in a, in a personal Slack channel, um, and it started out kind of getting, kind of pulling apart that term CX, kind of customer service, kind of customer experience, and, and kind of what that means. And, and we started to kind of get into into the weeds of when you're talking about designing something and you start moving beyond this idea of like pushing pixels or choosing colors, and you start thinking about design in terms of making right and wrong choices around a problem, like where, where does design stop, right? Is, is everything design or is it kind of bantisand into this, into this tiny bucket? And when I was driving over here, I actually had a, had a, a memory of something that I thought was like a good jumping off place, which is that when people sometimes ask me what is a really good design book, I always come to Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. Mm. I feel like it's an amazing yeah. book, not just for comics, but it's a really amazing book for kind of understanding creativity. Mm. And one of the things that he uses is like, Everything beyond like feeding yourself or reproducing the species or getting shelter is art, right? It's like a super controversial stance in his comics. He's like when the first kind of Neanderthal sticks out his tongue at, at a saber-toothed tiger chasing him, like that's self-expression and hence like that's art, right? Putting that in its head is everything that is a problem to be solved design. You know what I mean? Like, is, yeah. is that is that all in the same bucket and it doesn't really matter anymore what we're calling it and what, what kind of titles we have? My take on on design is design is usually solving problems, yeah. right? And, and something that if you're not solving a problem, you're doing it more for yourself or maybe you're doing it for to make some sort of, I don't know, some statement or it's but it, it's a little bit more personally driven. Yeah. And that would then be art. Right. And I classify, that's how I think about it, the difference between art and design. Yeah. One thing that I think about design, I think there's there's a lot of things that go into describing design. And, you know, I certainly don't know them all, but definitely like some combination of craft and planning. Mm. Mm. And um, I like to use food and restaurants as an analogy. So, mm. But, mm. and I know, you know, I don't know, both you guys do. I know, Brian, you, you bake bread. So... Bake a lot of bread. So there's a craft to baking bread, right? And you're using your hands and you get better at it by just doing it and, you know, doing it, your craft gets better. 
And it's also possible to design like fancy bread or bread, yeah. the bread that looks wild, right? And you can do both. And I think designers, uh, you know, they craft things like their hands and their process makes the design better. They become better designers through the craft of it. But there's also not a purely improvisational or in the moment aspect of design. Mm. In, a, in one, at least in the kind of design that that we work with a lot, like there's an aspect of producing something. Uh, or the design becomes part of a, another production. It becomes reproduced, like if you're making a poster. It becomes something, if you're a digital designer, you're designing something that other people are going to build. And there's something about that that's not exactly craft, right? It's about thinking about how the, the craft translates into other situations and other mediums. Hmm. Um, and I think going back to like food or restaurants as an example, like you could you could talk about a restaurant that's well-designed, mm. But you could also talk about a restaurant that's well run, mm. and those aren't exactly the same. I mean, there's great restaurants that are both. Sure, but it's possible to have a well run restaurant that isn't really designed. It's just, it's just good. So, but what you're saying then is it is about the, the act of creation, though, right? L- let's say I'm, I'm taking out the trash, and the fence gate is keeps on banging me in the arm as I'm taking out the trash, and I'm like, oh, how do I get this fence open? And I just, like, take a piece of twine, and I wrap the twine around the gate to hold it open. Haven't I designed a solution to that problem? Yes. Right? Isn't that basically what design is? Or is it, like, or is it that application of craft of, like, no, 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 I have to go in and kind of, like, open up a CAD software and make something that will, like, be a permanent solution to this, and that is design, is kind of, like, this, like, applied intellectual venture to keeping that gate open. Is there kind of like a like a spectrum to that? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think going back to this model of like craft and planning, yeah. like using the twine to fix the gate is a kind of pl- act of planning, right? You're planning for the next time you're, you're going to go in this situation. Right. So that part of it feels kind of design-like. You're right. designing for your future use. Right. Um, but is it a well-crafted design, right. right? Like there could be better crafted designs. You could redesign the entire fence. Right, and that's craft. It's all design, though. Yeah, right. I, I think so. Yeah. I think it's arbitrary to like draw a really hard line around it. There's maybe like different starting points, right? Hmm. Like like you're starting from an improvisation. Yeah. Like I just I'm just putting this rock against my fence. Right. And it's it's not very design like right. that, that's the sketch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that that is that is the the sketch of keeping a fence open is taking yeah. a boulder in front of the, the gate fence. Low fidelity. <laughs> yeah. And actually that that's the other thing about um both craft and planning, one of the things that you could say that they have in common is like iteration yeah. of, of some kind. And I think yeah. des- I think design to me design is like a particular kind of approach to iteration. Yeah. Like that's the sort of the, at the at the essence of it in mm. some ways. I would agree. But and, do you agree with Brian that it's all problem solving? Or is it is it is it exculcated from problem solving? And it is craft infused problem solving. Yeah, I, I would tend more to craft infused problem solving, just because I think problem solving is like it's not the right way to map it. I was joking the other day about you know dentistry is problem solving, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so it's 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 not that design isn't problem solving, just that there's a lot of things that are problem solving. So it doesn't it doesn't really help us distinguish design from other things per se. Whereas, like, the particular way we iterate with design, like making models or making things, drawings and sketches over and over again, like, dentists don't do that, right? Totally. We're kind of implying that we're talking about maybe digital design or creative design. But yeah. design is, I mean, it, it is something that can have lots of different applications and lots of people do. Usually, we're talking about it in this room. We're talking about 
user interface design, user experience design, illustration, you know, creative pursuits usually. Ex except that I would say that, uh, okay, let me back up and give yeah. a story. So uh, when I was in high school, I was, um, I was, you know, I was one of the smart kids set, right? Like there's the kind of kids that are good at sports and that wasn't me. And there was kids that were popular and that wasn't me, but I was a smart kid. And like, you know, so you go into these smart kid classes and invariably these, these, these classes are like, you know, they kind of, they, they propose a problem that is not immediately obvious. And it's like, you know, get this egg down the stairs using only this twine or something like that. And invariably it's this kind of like these, these kind of models of kind of getting things, getting over things. That type of intelligence is different than like studying all day your AP bio book, right? Like getting that information and those facts in your head, it's a type of smarts and you will do good on the test and you may be a very good biologist, right? But, but that type of creative thinking, that to my mind is is design now to, to jay's point like anyone can do that per se right if you have the kind of intellectual nimbleness to get the egg down the stairs that is design but the people that have been doing it for a long time they just know the tricks right so that's kind of where the craft comes in like yes i can make this and i can kind of shunt it down the stairs and i don't need to necessarily have all these obstacles anymore right like mm -hmm. isn't that more that that is the kind of the, the talent of creativity is kind of like thinking through this problem that per, perhaps no one else has thought of before. That's kind of what creativity is above and beyond firing up sketch or or doing a UX map or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, Ooh, those are artifacts of the design process that we yes. use to communicate our design thinking to other people. Right. Right. Yes. Which is, in my mind, that is design. Right. Is design is the facilitation and and manifestation of of creativity using craft and the, those types of things but but it is not it is not a singular exercise you know right. you have a creator or creators and you have an audience or you know, uh, of many users yeah. usually right yeah. people yeah and so it is it is you know we as designers are often using tools right to then kind of share that that vision right right but i mean is there it, Jay, let me throw this to you, which is like, is there, can you be very, very good at executing and not be, and not have that be design, right? Like, so like dentist, dentistry is a great thing, right? Like, let's go back to the dentistry thing. There's surely shitty dentists in the world that are probably just butchers, right? Like that has to be, there is a, there is a, a moderating factor in dentistry that, that you have to be good at, at, at shaping this, this, this practice within someone's mouth. Well, it is actually called the dental arts. Oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe not the I'm best the Michelangelo example. of dentistry. <laughs> but that is what it is, right? right. That's what they call it is right. the dental arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the things I wonder about, um, and this kind of goes back to the discussion about CX that we were having, you know, outside the podcast, but um, like imagine, imagine someone's using an app and they are traveling and they get to the airport and their flight's canceled mm. and they go to the app to rebook their flight mm. and they can't do it. Right. So in a UX context, in a design context, you would say, we should design it so someone can rebook their flight in this situation. Right. right. I mean, that would be something we'd consider, right? Right. And, but there's still like in that exact moment, there's not necessarily a design that's going to save that person and get them home. The, there's the, not an immediate pixel right. screen. Right. Right. And and there's maybe not even inherently a procedure that's going to get them home. Like there's not like a 
oh, just select this item from, you know, the the assistants at the desk, the people who work there, you mm. know, they have three choices and you just have to pick one. Like even that may not be designed. So there may right. be the kind of like improvisation. Right. And, but isn't that just planning? Well, isn't it, well, but but, let, but uh, well, the thing I say is that in the absence of planning, there's still the opportunity to affect someone's experience. There's still so this is this ties back around to dentistry. It's like there's some guy, there's someone in. The, <laughs> it, all, it all comes back to dentistry. I've said it then. I'll I say have, it I now. I have a couple of bread points actually <laughs> that I'm waiting on. <laughs> there's there's you know someone with their hands in your mouth. And, you know, maybe the planning is thrown out the window because of something they find there. And there's other kinds of expertise. So is improvisation design? Well, I don't think, I think improvisation is improvisation. But I think, I think the, the skill that someone brings in an improvisational moment, like, isn't necessarily the same as the skill designers bringing when mm. they're working on a project over time. I mean, right? we're, just talking, we're just talking about nimble thinking. We're just talking about being clever, right? Right. right. We just, we're, we're we're branding all sorts of being clever as design, which like I'm for well, it. That's you, my job title, well, but I'm not sure if that's true. Using creativity in a moment, you see some sort of challenge or problem. You use creativity to kind of think to to connect the dots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like the example I always use is design math. Right. I learned this from from Kim. Uh, is is like show your math, right? There's there's yeah. many different ways to reach a solution, right? And they can all be true, and they can all be true simultaneously. And right. design is kind of the same sort of thing, or dentistry apparently. Is. <laughs> well, yeah, my, I mean, I was actually kind of using that to make the opposite point, which is no. that, that. Well, I mean that uh, that that the creative thinking is something that exists outside of design. Like it's not that nimbleness, the creative problem solving, isn't design per se like it's it's a it's a it's an important skill there's things that we want people to have in the world we want our dentists to be able to see something that's surprising in our mouth and know how to solve it without without <laughs> without having too surprising hopefully <laughs> right without having to like you know <laughs> fire up sketch <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right, all right all right so here's what i'm hearing i'm hearing that there is so Jay, you think that 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 nimble thinking and that planning, that impro improvisation is is separate from the notion of design. And de design is truly the application of craft towards a greater, more perfect solution around something. And yeah. Brian, you're much more. It's all design. It's all. It's pretty so, much. It's all and everything. So going back to your airplane metaphor, I think the thing that you missed is when in that scenario that you gave, there was a design that happened decades ago, which was the design and the layout of the airport and where to put the, you know, there's two different places where the customer service agents sit, right? The beginning mm. at the end of the state. And those are the same people that work in both of those places usually, right? And that that is a process design or some sort of, des some, some sort something was designed usually probably by IBM in the 50s of like, <laughs> this is the ideal layout of how airports work. Right. Right? right? Like, have you ever been to one of the drive-up air airports? No. They're, like, in the Midwest? No. So before September 11th, they yeah. had, like, lots mm. of these spread-out terminals. So you land, and then your gate, uh, you get your luggage right there, 
and then you just walk out, and you never have to walk more than like a hundred feet oh, wow. from the plane that to awesome. the car. Yeah. yeah. So the problem was after September 11th, and right. when they had to change security, right? Like all of those airports that were created, like the Kansas City Airport, I think was the first one I went to. I was right. like, this airport is huge and weird, and like, <laughs> you know, I get my luggage right here. I can't take food to the gate. Like, what's going on? Right. And uh, so after September 11th, all that changed, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. so they had to redesign all of those airports. So right. it seemed like a really good idea for those times, yeah. and, they, and they changed it, right? Yeah. So an app or any sort of other sort of virtual layer that we might, as, as you know, UX professionals, yeah. that we might, like, influence is one element of the overall experience right. that a user might go through right. or a customer or whatever you want to, however you want to describe them. But there's another part of design that people... You know, they, they, they every single moment that the the user is going through those journeys, yeah, is they're they're being they're touching some sort of design in one way or another. So you're taking that McCloudian kind of aspect of like if it's not about feeding or fucking, it's design, <laughs> <laughs> or the or the soul, right? Yeah. Like art right. is not design, mm-hmm. right? 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 I mean, you can just you can see something and you can just be like, that is like amazing and beautiful and life changing moment, right? But it has nothing to do with you know, gestalt UI principles. It's right. just it's just a moment that you have with somebody else's kind of creativity. Right, right, right. Well, I guess one of the reasons we started talking about this is too is that there's a, like regardless of where we think th- there's some kind of line to draw or not, like there is definitely a blending of, of design with other jobs. Or sure. Things that didn't have design before or design was, um, you know, Designed, done by uh, people in suits far away, and they just said, "Here's here's your plan for your airport." <laughs> um, now there's this, you know, all the things that have come out of digital design, um, and also, you know, agile and other things where people have tried to bring different kinds of methods of iteration, different yeah. kinds of methods of collaboration, um, much more, you know, other kinds of feedback or more more uh, rapid feedback from people who are actually using it. Um, and, you know, obviously the principle of empathy, like how does this thing actually affect people? Yeah. Like that's spreading into, you know, all kinds of things like, and, it, and, you know, going to the dentist or the, the, uh, restaurant example, you know, for someone to create a restaurant now and not think about design, like it's becoming, uh, more of a liability. Like there's less, there's less room for, at least for in the commercial world, like for a, a business to be created and for, to not think, bring some kind of design aspects to it. Um, and, but when we're talking about design, are we talking about like the everyday, you know, the Don Norman design of everyday things mm-hmm. type of design? Mm-hmm. Or are we talking about this new world that we exist in with the, there's a digital layer that's on top of everything that also <clears throat> has these elements of design, the virtual interfaces? Yeah. Right. So when you go to the dentist, you know, or when I bake a loaf of bread, I still have a lot more bread al- analogies. But like, <laughs> but when it is, I'm using some sort of digital interface and I'm navigating those things to help me complete some sort of task. Right. I use my map app to get to the dentist office. You know, they've they've I use it to watch shows while I'm yeah. doing a cleaning. You know, yeah. like it, it's it's there and we don't really think about it. But you like, are we conflating those two things or are they all the same thing? Well, I, I would I would take that a step further and say that I think that the other thing that we're conflating, which is I'm 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 hesitant to call it a bad thing, but I, I think I personally think it might be a bad thing, but I think it's just my personal kind of politics, is that we are we are converting to such a service economy mm. that the idea of 
like like if we if we exculcate that notion of like of like design is solving problems, then our core mandate is you have a problem. We're going to try and make it better. But then it gets into this space of we're trying to make everything easier all the time. And I think that it could be argued that not everything should totally be easy, like removing all barriers. We have been kind of told, I think, kind of by the service economy of how our economy is built, that like removing all barriers and getting everyone everything easier all the time is totally a net good. I'm not totally sure about that. Like, I'm not totally sure, like, like, like endless freeways, then every, each human being in their own car, right? That everyone can get everywhere. That, well, clearly, that was a bad fucking idea. Well, but like, here we are. That was design giving everyone what yeah. they wanted. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a problem. Well, so this is one of the things that, We've talked about Dieter Rams, the yeah. influential product designer from from uh, Braun, yeah. influenced Apple and and so on. We've talked about him a lot of times. He's a designer hero, right? And he's got this design ethos yeah. that he has that a lot of people have a tendency to quote. And um, and and I I think that they're all really good points about design, but there's some of them that don't necessarily apply to digital design that I think like. You know, like when I did the first time I was exposed to him, I just kind of skip over those ones. It was like, oh, he's talking about, you know, radios or, you know, right, record right. players or whatever he designed back then. Maybe it doesn't apply to me, but I, but the rest of the stuff is pretty useful. Yeah. But when I watched the the documentary. Rums. Uh, yeah. By Gary Husset. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so when, when he did a screening here in Seattle, I went to watch it. What amazed me is that he lives in the house that he designed for yeah. a neighborhood community that he designed for Braun employees, yeah. and he's surrounded by things from the 60s, right. mostly mm. things that he designed, <laughs> because he believes- what an asshole. Yeah, the coffee maker, <laughs> the juicer, you know, he's playing a record on his record player, like his office is using well, his- this is a man out of time. Of it, so, but one of his principles is that design should be meant to last, and he actually argues- Right. The same point that you're talking about against this sense of consumerism, the design for design's sake or design to just create like the new iPhone. Like it's really just the same thing with like a couple of differently <clears throat> newly designed features that gets you, makes you feel like you need to buy it. But in reality, you don't. Um, part of what I'm talking about is planned obsolescence. But part of one, what I'm talking about is the the concept that because something has a roadblock that roadblock needs to be removed yeah you know yeah that that because you can come up with a better solution should you yeah should you or that that the world you know if every if every problem is solved that's actually the goal somehow right like, like the problem the you know the limitation in human experience is actually these kind of material problems and right. it's not something about you know our psychology or you know you could elevate it to something like spirituality, like we're, you know, we're empty. We're empty. These empty, hollow zombies walking around, and we just need like clear path to people's brains. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. There was this absolutely infuriating article in the Times today about these dingbats doing like dopamine fasts in San Francisco, and it's like. <laughs> If this is our problem, we're boned. Like you guys, that's it. Shut it off. We're boned. And so, like, like this, this, this kind of bulldozing of of problems and kind of using clever thinking and design tools, I, I it does give me pause because the elevation of design and design thinking feels it's like we've applied it everywhere and now it's meaningless. Hmm. 
You know what I mean? We've we we've taken that design kind of problem thinking and we've we've stripped it of all kind of purposefulness and it's just gonna bulldoze all kind of philosophical constraints. You know? Yeah. The the Incredibles problem. Yeah. When everyone's a superhero, right. Right. what makes them super? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then kind of bringing it back to that kind of that, that CX thing, that, that customer experience question, like, is it, I'm not sure someone that is, has decided to put the, the, um, the customer service desk closer to something else. I, I'm not sure that's design at that point in time, because that's about, that's about satisfying a, um, a business need and it's not necessarily design. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to kind of put my, my, my mind around that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a bunch of things, you know, this parallels when we talk about uh, art or music to like, um, you know, if a computer, let's say you have actually not even a computer, like just some machine that makes noises, you know, if we as people perceive it as music, right. Is, you know, that there's something about us as humans where we can, uh, you know, project our sense of order on things that are maybe not created out of our sort of human sense of order, right? <laughs> yes. So, so it's well, like, well said, right? So it's like, you know, we can see a pile of, you know, garbage and think, wow, that's a really well designed pile of garbage, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it actually didn't have a, a designer. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's just something that's there, and I, th you know. So at least in the kind of philosophical sense about how you see it, some of it's about the receiver, you know, like about the the people who experience it, like they essentially experience it, and they mean we, like we experience it as design, whether whether someone tried to design it or not, right? Or if it was, you know, the goal here was to extract money from people, but for some reason we like it, you know? <laughs> see, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, so you know the little table that sits on your pizza yeah mm -hmm. right yeah now i look at that thing and i think that is an amazing piece of design <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah. that that was a problem right and you know the cheese and I, perfect for dollhouses <laughs> exactly <laughs> the barbie table yeah but you know when we were younger you right. get a pizza and right. a pizza box and right. the cheese was always stuck to the yeah, yeah, to yeah. the top of the box yeah. right yeah and so it's those types of just real small incremental improvements that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't take a, 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 I don't want to call you guys jaded or anything, but. It, Guilty but, as charged, counselor. But <laughs> I just think that there's these, all these little miraculous improvements that we have that, that solve these problems that sure. a lot of times we didn't even know that we sure. really had. Definitely. Or we, we have a tendency to overlook. And those things. Like we should celebrate some of those things because you know, the, like, um, there were what was the uh, someone did a lengthy blog post about the person that designed the jazz cup, you know, that mm. really eighty that that eighties jazz design. It's like the the pastel blue, you know, it's on coffee cup printed on coffee cups. No, you're an East Coaster. I mean, you, you had the you had the, <laughs> the royal the, the Greek <laughs> <laughs> the Greek New York. Cup. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's these things called the jazz cups okay. and they were like common, like disposable cups okay. that have like, you, you, if you saw it, you would totally know what I'm talking about, okay. but it, it's like this, this swash of, or swath, a swath of pastel blue and then it's got like a little zigzag in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there okay. was plates and okay. cups oh, and that sort yes. of thing. Oh, yes. With like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like turquoise and like pink. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. So yeah. that's called the jazz cup Okay. Love it. Into and it. so anyway, so someone did a 
uh, like an unauthorized biography of, <laughs> of the, the design. Guy, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's really fascinating. And yeah. they just kind of go through this whole thing about how they needed to have this new line and they wanted it to be across all these different, it was solo or 3M or something yeah. like that. Well, you know, they, yeah. they had this business problem they wanted to solve. They approached a designer and they came up with this, this, design system right. for uh, that it was everywhere right, right? It still is there's right. they print sweatshirts with it now right. you know right. what of course I mean? yeah why not and um like that's in my opinion that's great design it someone created the thing necessary i don't know it made the world a little bit more delightful in my <laughs> opinion <laughs> i guess so i'm what I'm, I'm trying to pull apart is like like euro is like hammering upon the it solves problems but that didn't solve a problem that was a problem that didn't exist. 3M had a, had some problem that was yeah. in this case study. <laughs> the problem yeah. is that they didn't have enough money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they had to move from styrofoam to paper plates, I think, was a big part of it. Okay. Right? Okay. So, okay. And people can tell the difference between... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess totally um, guilty as charged when it comes to, to Jaded. And I think it's mostly mostly just that um, that... that idea of of design that solves a problem I, I actually mostly agree with you uh and and i think that's true i think we run the danger of patting ourselves on the back and being convinced that we are solving problems when we're kind of making up problems to solve and then using design principles to solve them and sometimes generating more bullshit in the process but isn't there isn't there something um i mean call it design ethics or business ethics but at some point shouldn't we say like no, like we shouldn't do that. I mean, I have in my career some of my most successful moments where I'd be like, no, we shouldn't do that. That's yeah. a terrible idea. That's Jay, just adding to pollution. Have you said no before? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's interesting. Like being in a situation when you're working with something, and I mean, you don't always know, but you know, you don't always know whether like is this a moment to keep going forward and exploring it or not. But I've certainly come to things where I was just like, this is this is not right. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I can, you know, I mean, ad tech right now is everywhere with, uh, you know, surveillance through your web browser and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I worked on e-commerce and things years ago where people are like, Ooh, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be neat if we could get this information about our customers and, you know, <laughs> just being in a position of saying like, I understand why you think that, but no, let's just, let's yeah. just not do it that way. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have that feeling around mobile. Yeah, right. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. like mobile is just this travesty on society right now yeah. that, you know, I can't help but not look at my, my role in that. Mm. But it wasn't the designers that that like kind of created what it is today. Mm. Right. Mm. I think there are designers now that are being asked to make things more, quote unquote, sticky mm. and more and basically more addictive. Mm. Um and but I think any any reasonable experienced designer would usually say that's maybe not something, you know, maybe I don't want to go work at Facebook or, you know, and and uh, like I was just reading earlier this week, like Facebook's like dropped as um, one of the more popular places to to work at in mm. Silicon Valley. Mm. Um, we, oh, was Nick Bilton just did a, an article about that, just mm. talking about how. It has like this terrible reputation in the valley of just sure. being like you know yeah. kind of an evil place, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because because let's be honest, like they're doing some evil things, they right? Sure are. And um, I mean, is that is that was that design? Was that bad design? Did designers have a role to play in that? Maybe. I, I mean, I, I don't think you can avoid that conclusion that design was part of that 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 situation. 
Um, and and that gets back to the the start of our conversation, which is like, which is like, design is not just craft. It's not just um, pushing pixels. It's also the choices you make behind the design, right? And mm-hmm. how you like apply your craft and how you apply your planning and how you apply your patience and all that stuff. Is this, that that you know maybe it is that the that the 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 profession of design half of it is like choosing where to point your weapons at. Right. Well, and I, and I would also add to that is that design like art isn't done in a vacuum. Right. right. So so people can create things and they, you know, Facebook has every right to go out and go, you know, do whatever they're doing. Right. <laughs> Sell ads, <laughs> plaster ads on everything. But um, but they're but they're not doing that entirely in a vacuum. There's people like me now criticizing some of their design choices right. and say they could make better choices. And right. I think they should. Right. Right. And I think that it's also the free market can also create competition for that. And I think someone could say, hey, we're a better Facebook. We're not as douchey. And like, you know, we're going to be, we're going to treat your data with a little bit more integrity. Like, and they could make those types of choices and see how customers kind of like react to that. Yeah. 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 I definitely think, and this kind of connects, I think, to what you were saying, Joe, about, you know, the service economy and, and, you know, our, our world right now, like so much of design we do in the digital space gets reused or extended, or it's a piece of a much, much bigger system. Yeah. And we're being tasked to design, you know, just a piece of it. And I think the thing that, uh, like in some of the discussions I have with uh, other folks about ethics and UX, like, I think like the biggest concern I have is this kind of hubris of understanding how my design really fits into the bigger picture. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I know that this design is going to be used this way or this right. way. And that's and I and I and I see people in the you know in these kind of companies that are doing ad tech and you know kind of surveillance type stuff like especially around machine learning like yeah. Like I I know enough about machine learning to sort of notice when people really don't understand how it works, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and um and they're kind of like well you know it's machine learning and it's just it's like actually you know the whole thing about machine learning in these contexts is that there's all these different layers and almost no one working on any one layer really is has a lot of uh, insight into how the other layers are operating and what then the actual consequences are of how they all fit together as yeah, a whole. Yeah, that's an excellent yeah. point. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think that's, um, you know, in terms of uh, maybe talking a little bit about design versus art or, you know, not versus, but like the spectrum between there, like... Uh, while design solving problems, like I need to design some things on a screen that I need to get built, I think the part that excites me more is the design as a way of framing things we don't know or creating creating a taking something that's invisible, like an unknown unknown, mm. and turning it into something that's a little bit more of a known unknown or there's something that we need to explore. And I think art is a much more um, fuller realization of that where it really like art doesn't solve problems it creates problems like it's like <laughs> it reflect it, re- it helps us understand how much yes. we really don't it, it visualizes problems yeah like right. by like, the like, way best donald rumsfeld quote use ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's so many to choose from <laughs> yeah I, I think he uh this if there's any one thing that could be said nice about him it's that that you know that was that was a pretty funny thing he said unknown unknowns yeah. the guy <laughs> knows how to design the hell of a quagmire give him That's that right, yeah. <laughs> right. He, he, he's got a taxonomy for quagmires <laughs> so, well um 
I think that's a great. I think that's a that, that's a great um, framing for for us, which is which is kind of uncovering the things that we don't know, and and that kind of that usually kind of puts that kind of ethics into it. Because if you're actually using design thinking to uncover these things, I think that that is a um, a good framing exercise for figuring out, okay, like now this is the kind of full scope of this problem. Now, is this a problem that actually needs to be solved? Mm -hmm. Or is this a problem that is, that if you solve this problem, you know, then it sets off the dominoes and, and things go. Yeah, like, you know, we're solving the thing. Oh, we think we're solving the right thing. Or we, we, know, we, we know we're solving for this. We don't know if we're solving for that. Like being able to expand your sense of what the problem space is or the, you know, set of, confluences that that are you know creating this thing that's unsolved and recognizing that maybe you're taking off a piece of it and you have a lot of things around that that are you know still unknown to be discovered and i think you know this is one of the things that uh people say about startups and is that they they often don't understand why they succeed yeah mm -hmm. because the success gets in the way of them understanding what it was about it mm -hmm. that that was the right thing right whereas you know like we talk about failure and the value of failure the opportunity is really understanding how you failed, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's, and I think actually in, in design practice, like the craft of design, like, you know, if you're iterating on something like 50 or 100 times, like somewhere in there, you're learning some lessons about failure that are useful. <laughs> One would hope. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like the, the, the design 100 has some, has got some wisdom of like, you know, the, the failures along the way. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Um, and if you haven't solved it by then, then just uh, just go into dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, thanks for uh, thanks for joining thanks, us. Jay, yep, as usual, oddball misfit conversation. <laughs> <laughs>